Isn't God good all the time? I want to give you a verse. I'm not going to teach on this subject tonight, but as Brother Lewis opened up, uh, it's in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 6 and verse number 10. There are verses that speak to you. This was one of mine. Um, there are times when you're laboring in the kingdom of God that it kind of seems like nothing's really happening. You're, you're teaching, but nobody's repenting. You're working with them, but nobody's coming to church. And, and, and these different things happen. But notice what the scripture said. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now, I put that one to memory. <laughs> God is a rewarder. Some days it, you wonder where he's at. Maybe some weeks you wonder where he's at. There will be times it could be longer. But God is here and God is faithful. I remember a struggle in my life and a trial I was going through. And, and uh, I just went outside and I kind of like to pray outside. And I, I went outside and just began to pray. Uh, just a few words out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful. Now, God didn't need me to remind him. I was reminding me. God is faithful. He's going to bring me through this. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. And, and I know the enemy tries to discourage us sometimes. Like, where's God at? How come this hasn't happened yet? And uh, I, and one of the things I've been dealing with over the last probably four or five months is, is um, the Lord dealing with me to wait. I don't know about you, but I'm not the best waiter there is. <laughs> I mean, we come in and Brother Ethan is singing, wait on the Lord. Really? <laughs> I'm looking up a thing on YouTube and there's a little church caption down in the bottom, wait on the Lord. <laughs> so you wait. But he's faithful. And there are times and seasons that you go through. And there are other times, isn't it amazing, sometimes when you pray before you get it out of your mouth, God has already answered that prayer. But there are other seasons that you and I go through in which we're, God is teaching us to wait on him. And we don't like to wait in the grocery line. We don't like to wait <laughs> in a gas station line. We're just not really good at this. And so uh, we don't like food lines that take a long time. Uh, just our nature. We like things kind of quick and happening. But when I surrendered my life to the Lord, I had to give all that up. And I had to come to a place that in his time, this is going to happen. It's going to be in his time. It's amazing how the Lord speaks to us. And he may speak to us on something he's going to do or a ministry that may begin to work in your life. But he didn't tell you when. He just simply tells you, this is what I want, or this is the direction I want you to take. But he didn't say how long that would take to come to pass or when this would happen. And so it teaches us to stay in a place of prayer and in a place of worship and a place of praise. Because faith 
will cause me to worship when things aren't going my way. Look up worship in the Bible. It is always connected to a trial. Abraham, you really like Isaac, don't you? Oh, yeah, that's my buddy. <laughs> well, take him and go up on the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. What did Abraham say? I and the boy are going up yonder to worship. Look through Scripture. People came worshiping Jesus. Lepers came. Lord, if thou canest, would you heal me? I will. But see, they came worshiping. Worship is connected to a trial. Now, it takes faith to worship when things aren't going your way. But it's the right thing to do. I'm going to worship my way out of this. I'm going to praise my way out of this. See, because by faith, I'm praising God for what hasn't happened yet. In Hebrews 11 and 1, you know, faith uh, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And it's now faith. I love that first word, now, now, now. It's right now. So the invisible becomes visible. He just didn't tell you when. That financial need that you have, uh, it will happen. It's just you wish it would happen quicker. <laughs> but he's on time, always on time in my life. And he knows what I need and, and teaching me to walk with him. Let's go to an extremely familiar scripture in John chapter 3. Um, I want to teach tonight on why we need the Holy Ghost. Now, we're not going to exhaust this tonight by any means, but I want to walk through some things tonight, why it is so important to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and uh, look at Scripture tonight, how it works in your life and why it works in your life. You know, a lot of times we know I need the Holy Ghost, but why do I need it? What is the functioning of that in my life? Uh, that I must have. Well, number one, it's salvation. I got to have that. But once I go through the born-again experience, now the Holy Ghost can really begin to work. Once, when you and I are born again, please understand, that's the starting line, not the finish line. See, a lot of people have been told, Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. You'd be amazed how many people think all I got to do is get the Holy or get, get baptized in Jesus' name. I'm saved. I don't got to go to church. I don't got to live for God. I don't got to pray. I don't got to read my Bible. I don't, I, I've, I've got it. So when I'm working with people to baptize them, I, I talk to them about, you know, you do got to attend church. <laughs> I hope you're not thinking that, you know, we're going to baptize you. And that's all there is. That you got to take that scripture in the context it's meant in. You got to now serve God. Now the journey begins in my walk with God. Now I'm going to develop a relationship with Him. Now out of that will come fellowship with God and interaction. Out of that will become ministry. See, it takes time. Things evolve and and, and unfold in our hearts and lives overnight. You and I cannot handle it as human beings. If God opened our head up and stuck this Bible in and then closed our head back up, 
it'd kill us, man. I mean, we couldn't handle all the wisdom and, and love and understanding and, and things that are there. That's why living for God is over a process of time. That's why waiting has to happen at different times in our life. Whether we like it or not, it is all a part of the process for God to get me where he wants to get me. Now, we know this. Everybody in here tonight has ministry. You were created in your mother's womb with giftings in ministry. And what God is going to do is bring that out in each and every one of us. Uh, not all of us are going to have the same giftings. Not all is going to have the same ministry. But it takes all of us working together in the body of Christ to function because one will have the gift of singing. One can play an instrument and one can teach and, and, and one can have the ministry of helps. And all these different things make up the body of Christ. You are just as important as everybody else no matter what your ministry is. The devil tries to tell us we're worthless, we'll never mount anything, we can't do anything right, but he's a liar. And you have to rebuke those spirits. You've got to understand, you and I are important to God. You have to rebuke every thought that says anything contrary to that. I'm important to God. I count. You count in the kingdom of God. I want you to understand that tonight. You count. Why? Because God created you in your mother's womb for ministry, for the work of the kingdom. You have a gifting that others don't have. And so there's, that's why that need is for you in the body. And what you'll give and do and become will help people. Uh, life is filled with things. And so uh, what is so beautiful in being born again is uh, I don't have to live in my past. That's washed away, and we got to get it out of our head. Uh, I, I don't dwell on my past. I, I don't talk about my past that much. Uh, if I'm witnessing to somebody or teaching a class, sometimes I'll bring things up. Outside of that, I don't, I don't, want, I don't bring it up. No interest to me at all. You know what I want? Where do I go from here today in the things of God? God, what have you got for me today? What's your plan for my life today? Lord, is there somebody I will witness to today? Is there somebody that I will pray with today? See, I'm not going to look back. I want to look ahead. I want to look forward to what God has gotten, what he's developing in my life. And if I will allow that to happen, you talk about exciting when it comes to living for God. Things for me. I believe that living for God is a whole lot of attitude. Once you're born again of the water and of the spirit, you're speaking in tongues and the spirit gives the utterance. After that, there's a whole lot of just your attitude. It really is. Because your attitude determines your thinking. Good attitude, good outcome. Bad attitude, bad outcome. So God's got to deal with my attitude a lot of the times and help me to have the right attitude and have the right spirit. Uh, I, I can even, do you realize I can do the right thing with the wrong motive? Sometimes God's looking at my heart and my motive. Why do I want this to happen or why I want this direction to go? So then I got to come back and, and search my heart and say, okay, God, what's your plan and purpose for my life? Let's begin reading. We'll read uh, in this. And then I want to kind of go through just maybe a few prophetic verses of the Old Testament and uh, the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Um, to me, this is something that you could use teaching a, a small group. Uh, if you're going to work with people uh, and, and dealing with them and teaching them on baptism or teaching them on receiving the Holy Ghost, um, it becomes important. The thing that you have to realize is this. 
People can get the Holy Ghost anywhere. Now, I know we like our four walls. I like our four walls. I don't have anything against the four walls. But honestly, my most exciting times is when I'm praying an inmate through in a jail service in a cell. Praying somebody through. I remember one family, uh, we went to a fellowship meeting. They prayed for the Holy Ghost, didn't get it, but got it in the car on the way home. Hallelujah. Who cares where it's at? I prayed them through at the kitchen table where we're doing home Bible study and we're teaching on the Holy Ghost and, and tears start coming down their eyes. Would you like to have the Holy Ghost and lay hands on them and watch God begin to move? So realize what we're talking about when we're talking about why God gives us the Holy Ghost. It's really for outside the four walls where ministry is really going to take place. Now, ministry takes place in here. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but. How much more could we be involved in, in the work of what God is asking us to do? I believe that it's interesting, isn't it, uh, when the scripture talks about the harvest is truly ready, but the laborers are few. Isn't it interesting that Jesus has prayer requests? See, we got prayer requests, but he's got prayer requests too. Pray ye that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. I said, I want you to be praying about laborers, getting people in the field, getting people reaching out in different ministries and areas and places where souls are at and, and ministry can begin to happen. See, when we focus on one of the things, I, I want to be involved in what he's doing. Now, I can come up with a lot of plans, believe me. And a lot of times we come up with plans and we want God to join us. Versus, Lord, what are you doing that I could get involved with you in, in what the, that ministry would look like for me? Where's my place at that? Uh, I, I will be honest with you in my early years in, in church. I, I was more into putting programs together and, and outreaches and stuff like that. Just thought that was the will of God. That's what you did. And, and we did it. God in his mercy helped us at times, and uh, it was good. But see, I learned over a season of time, God, I want to be involved in what you're doing. You have a plan in this city. you got a purpose for this city and outlying areas. And, and so, Lord, I, I, I want revelation of that. I want an understanding of that, that I could get involved in that place and uh, in, in moving forward. So here we go. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. There was a recognition here. Jesus answered. Isn't it interesting how he didn't beat around the bush? Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, buddy, you need to be born again. <laughs> And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There are several definitions on this word see. We know that one is visual, correct? Did you know that the other one is to perceive? You'll never even perceive the kingdom of God until you're born again. If you ever talk to somebody and say, and they're not getting what you're saying, and then all of a sudden they say, I see it, I see it, I see it. Well, they didn't see anything, really. I mean, because you're just having a conversation and there's nothing to look at. So what are they saying? I perceive it. I, I get what you're saying. 
So people need a perception. And only through being born again is that going to happen. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Notice what he said. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. You don't need to marvel about that. Have you ever had people say, do you have to go to church? You know how I answer that? Because we're talking about the things of God. I say, no, no, you don't understand. I get to go. I was headed to hell. I've had my life passed before me in bad situations that I thought I was going to die, okay, in a young age. God spared my life. I'm so thankful to be here tonight because had my life been taken from me that day, I would have burned for eternity in hell. I'm so glad to be here tonight. And back to attitude, huh? Do you have to pray? Oh, no, no, I get to. No, I get to worship him. I, I get to love him because the options aren't good. You really got to read your Bible? No, no, no. I get to. I get to. Get to open it up. Talk to me today, Lord. Help me today. Give me understanding today. Give me some wisdom today, God. Help me with the situation I'm in. Talk to me through your word. So when you look at things from an attitude of I don't have to, but I get to. I get to be born again. What an honor. What a privilege when I come into that relationship with God. He has chose me. You didn't choose God. He chose you. See, he saw the value in you. He saw the ministry in you. He gave you your talent and your ability. So when he saw that, notice he's choosing you. I don't know why God waits. I can't tell you why did God wait 24 years before he began to deal with me. I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't around church people. Church wasn't a part of my life. At the age of 24, I couldn't tell you one book of the Bible. I couldn't tell you one Bible story. I was a heathen. But God had a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your family's life and those that are far from God. He's got a plan for their lives. You just got to keep praying and seeking God that God will someday or whenever that time is, he's going to step on the scene. And he's, beginning, he's going to begin to work in their lives where they cannot get away from him because he's dealing with them. Come on. God is faithful. Come on. You pray. God moves. And let me encourage somebody. You say, but I'm praying for them and they got worse. Hallelujah. Good. That means they're resisting. That means God's working. God's answering your prayer. And they're fighting against the Holy Ghost. God just letting you know I'm dealing with them. They're, they're fighting it. They're not yielded yet. But I'm going to keep working on them because you keep praying. You won't give up. You're not giving in. You're not throwing the talent in. God, I'm not going to stop praying for them. I know you can save them. I know they'll somewhere, God, they're going to surrender. Somewhere they're going to yield. Somewhere they're going to turn this thing around and turn it all over to you. See, our faith is in him. We don't walk by sight. That's why you can't pray for people and, and watch people. You've got to pray and keep your eyes on him. Because watching them could get a little discouraging. 
so you don't watch them. You keep your eyes on him. Let's go to Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. In the Old Testament, uh, he was helping us understand this new birth experience that was going to come. Now, notice why we have to be born again. When we come to God, most of us, for sure, have a heart of stone. We're hard. Uh, we're bitter. We're filled with hate. Uh, we're mad at the world. And, and so, in order for me to be born again, God's got to do a work in my heart. Okay? Notice what he said. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. That's why you're born again. God has to get rid of that hate and that bitterness and that revenge, and, and somebody's going to pay, and, and all that stuff that builds up and all the hurts, the wounds, the rejection, the abandonment, the abuse of all kinds. That's where our heart gets hard. But thank God that we can be born again, and that all can be washed away, and God can give us his spirit, and we overcome. But he said, and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. That thing's going to get soft now. It's going to go from being rock hard. Nobody get close to me. I don't love anybody. And you know how we got our walls up. We got, now, I'm not going to be hurt again. Uh-uh. But then the love of God begins to work. And the love of God begins to minister to our spirit. And the walls came down. And what used to be a heart of stone, in a place of repentance, God begins to do a work. And in a place of water baptism, he washes everything away. Thank God I come up in newness of life. Thank God we're not who we used to be. Now, I know this is elementary tonight, but, but again, I think it's important. That we know why God is doing this. Verse uh, tw uh, 27. And I will put my spirit within you. See, the prophecy said, I, I don't want to just be with you, but I'm going to put it in you. You're going to need it in you. Because you're going to be walking with me. And we're going to have fellowship. And there's going to be things I'm going to want you to do. I, people I want you to pray for. Um, when Elder Hart talked, I don't know, two, three weeks ago about God being everywhere. But I, am I even aware that he's right here trying to work? Am I sensitive enough that this person, he's wanting me to pray for him. This person, he's wanting me to uh, witness to them or whatever he's doing. So I've been praying, God, help me be more sensitive of what's going on around me that you're doing. I'm a workaholic. I'm actually going to retire tomorrow at the end of the day for the second time. No promises that it'll stay that way, but. Uh, so I got things to work on. I mean, I'm a workaholic, and, and I got to surrender things to God, and I got to go in a different direction and learn to wait on him and let his spirit do something in my life. And I want the work of God in my life. Um, so God is just trying to do something great. If you're going to take notes, take Isaiah. I don't want to go there right now, but uh, Isaiah 28, 9 through 13. For with stammering lips and another tongue would he speak, wherewith he said, this is the rest and this is the refreshing. Uh, if you're here tonight, you don't have the Holy Ghost, you could actually receive it tonight. They didn't tarry in Scripture. Once the word was preached, you lay hands on people, teach a Bible study, can I pray for you? And you start praying.
Come on, faith is active. Faith is not dormant. Faith is something that, man, we just had Bible study, the, the word's alive. And, and I need to realize, if, I, if I'm going to teach on healing, then, then I better be expecting it. In my young life, I remember I, I was outside, and I'm praying, God, I just got to do something for you, and, and, and help me, Lord. And so the Lord spoke to me, said, I want you to go visit this family. Well, I didn't know them very well, but, you know, okay. And so we jumped in the car, got ready to take off, and had a flat tire. <laughs> oh, okay. Get out, and we changed the tire. Now, I've only got to go about five miles. And uh, so we get about 80% of the way there, and I look down, and the heat gauge is pegged out. Steam is coming out from underneath the hood of the car. So we coast into this little one-horse town. I mean, literally one horse. It's just a gas station and a tavern. But they got water at the store. You know, I said, devil, I can walk from here. And I got out. That, that engine was glowing red. Waited for it to cool down a little bit, put water in it. That baby fired right up. A few more minutes, I'm knocking on the door. I said, I just want to stop by and say hi. Uh, I asked her if her husband was home. I'd never met her. And uh, it was interesting. They said, we have been praying God would send somebody to our house. If you'll be sensitive, he'll work. Now, they're out in the country. So I'm bragging on Jesus and how he can heal and he can do anything. The lady looks at me. Really? You believe that? I said, yes, I do. She said, let's go out to the horse barn. I thought, oh, God, what did I just do? <laughs> she takes me out there to about a 30-year-old horse, just rack of bones. Got a big old swollen knee. Said, you think, God, now they aren't baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost or nothing yet. And they said, do you think God would heal this horse? Folks, I'm in so deep now, I have no choice but to pray. <laughs> I couldn't retract what I was saying. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, just people. Man, I got on my knees, grabbed that horse by the leg around that knee. I just began to pray. And when I got done praying, tears are streaming down their face. See, God will honor his word. See, we're worried about being embarrassed. We're worried about what will people think versus God, you're here moving. You're, you're doing something. You had me lift you up on purpose. You had me brag on you and being the healer because you wanted to do something in these unsaved people's life. You got to realize that that's why I got to have the Holy Ghost. Go to Acts 1 and 8. Uh, And let's just look at the verse for what it says. A lot of ways to take this verse, and I understand it. But, but you shall receive power after that. Now, notice the power doesn't come before you get the Holy Ghost, the anointing, the authority. It comes after you receive the Holy Ghost. It's come upon you. Now, notice what he said. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. You're going to be out ministering. 
You're going to be witnessing to people. You're going to be giving your testimony to people. You're going to uh, be, be doing Bible study with people. That's why I give you the Holy Ghost. That's what it was all about, was to be a witness for me. Spread the gospel. Get it into every, every town, every village, every hammock that you can get it into, every large city you can go. I gave you the Holy Ghost to be a witness for me. Now, I know it feels good when you pray through, but that's not what it's about. It's really about, God, you're empowering me to be a witness. Whether it's on my job, whether it's in my neighborhood with the community, whether I'm at a Walmart and, and the Lord puts somebody in my path, wherever I may be, if I'm going to be sensitive, notice what God's going to do. He's going to help me witness. He's going to allow me to witness to somebody. That's why he gives me the Holy Ghost. Okay, so that's one of the things for Holy Ghost. Uh, salvation. Uh, Acts 2.37. Now remember, salvation means deliverance. Why does God give me the Holy Ghost? And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's where I want to bring people to. I want to help them understand you're not saved. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God in your life. Because when these men fell under conviction, that was the question they asked. I want to bring them to a place of decision. We had jail ministry for 20 years where I came from. And when young men would come to me and say, I feel the call of God to preach. Good. Give me your name, social security number, all that. I'll get you clearance in the jail. <laughs> That's where they cut their teeth. It's sink or swim. By the way, you you got to preach in a jail. You don't get a lot of notes because they don't know. Uh, they can't really track you in a Bible study. It's, they just they don't know. They were like me. They don't know nothing. Most of them. They don't. Even, where that book's at in the Bible or that it is a book in the Bible. You know what I mean? So a lot of it, you just got to flow in the Holy Ghost. So it was really great training ground uh, for them in, in learning to flow. I remember one of the young men that I was working with, he preached, preached on deliverance. Good message. So we had maximum security, then minimum security, two classes back to back on Sundays. And so when the minimum security left, uh, Young man looked at me and said, how they do, Pastor? I said, how come you didn't ask anybody if they wanted delivered? You just preached a message of how God could deliver drugs and alcohol, immorality and all that. But you didn't give anybody a chance. He did the second time <laughs> when he preached in the second service. See, when you bring people to a place of decision, see, the reason I'm teaching them a Bible study is I, I want to bring you to a place of decision. Uh, in, do you want the Holy Ghost? Do you want to get baptized? Do you want this? This is what God has for us. He said, you must be. This ain't optional. Now, one of the ways I handle it, I didn't write it. I'm just reading you what he says you have to do to be saved. 
and then it becomes up to you what you want to do with it. So salvation is important. This is why we do it. Acts 9 and 6, it is the Apostle Paul who, before he became the Apostle Paul, on his, when he struck down on the road to Damascus, what must I do? Notice what God did. God brought him to the place of what must I do? Well, Paul, you need the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to send you to a man named Ananias. He's going to come get you. He's going to pray with you. He's going to lay hands on you, and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. You've been walking in carnality. You think you've been doing the right thing. You thought you were doing me a service when really you were making havoc of the church, and you were destroying it. Isn't it interesting, once he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, how awesome he became in the work of the kingdom? Isn't it interesting that, that Peter denies the Lord three times? He, he, he just couldn't stand up in that crowd, couldn't kind of deal with that. About ten days later, he gets the Holy Ghost, and now he's standing up in front of a, a gigantic crowd preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ without any fear. The Holy Ghost will revolutionize your life. It's not optional. I've had people say, it's just a spare tire. Well, call it what you want, but if I have a flat, I'm really glad I got a spare, especially if I'm in no man's land. So the Holy Ghost becomes important to us. Acts 10 and 33. Cornelius. Notice what he says here. I I like the wording of this here. Uh, And immediately, therefore, Cornelius sends for Peter. And thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things. Now, catch that. That are commanded, not requested. Not if you get around to it. Not if it works out for you. We're here. Whatever you command us to do, that's what we're here to do. Peter begins to preach. Holy Ghost falls first. They receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. The Bible said they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So notice, each time we're dealing with this, either they're saying, what must I do to be saved? Or tell me, you command me what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. So people understand, I need to do something. I can't stay how I am. I've got to be born again or born from above. Born afresh, born anew. You know the beautiful thing about being born again? Fresh start. I don't care how messed up my life is, how much I've destroyed it, my health, my, my everything, my family. I can be born again. Repentance, water baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and it's a fresh slate. It's a brand new page in my life, and it starts out fresh. What an opportunity God has given us. He could have wrote us off. He could have said, man, you're a mess. But see, he loves you. And you're important to God. Have you ever wondered, for some of us, how patient God was with us? When he could have just called at any time and some of the blunders and craziness and stuff we were involved in. I'm so glad he's merciful tonight and gave me that chance to be born again. So, okay, now let's go to Galatians 5. God fills me with the Holy Ghost. That is salvation. Now he gave me the Holy Ghost to witness. 
So the reason, because we're asking the reason that God has given me the Holy Ghost is these ministries will come alive within me. Okay, they're going to be a part of what God is wanting for my life to become. So Galatians 5.16. So now I have salvation. I've been born again. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. All my sins are washed away. I come up out of the water in newness of life. I like how Colossians chapter 2 verse 12 talks about, and all the handwriting that was against us was blotted out. God, do you remember? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. That's been blotted out. Blood's covered that. Don't know what you're talking about. Thank God for a merciful God. Amen. Galatians 5.16. Then I say then, this I say then, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. I gave you the Holy Ghost so that you could walk in the spirit. That we could have fellowship one with another. That I could guide you and I could lead you into ministries in different places, whether it's on your job or in your home. And maybe you're here tonight and, and you're in church, but the other half isn't. God will lead you and guide you if you'll be sensitive to that. Uh, my wife came to the Lord before I did. In fact, my family said he'll divorce you if you get that religious stuff. Sure glad they were wrong. See, people don't know. People say a lot of stuff that's not true. I'm going to trust God. They'll never be saved. Well, that's your opinion. I'm not done praying yet. I believe God will save them. I don't know when, but I know he will somewhere, somehow. There's going to become a situation in their life, and they're going to surrender to God. Come on, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You, you can't give in. You can't give up. I, I have family that I'm praying for that, that just I, I, I can't give up. I'm not going to give up. I call their name out every day before God and ask him to work and to move and to minister. I, I like what Acts 16.32 said, And thou shalt be saved in thy house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. God, this is my house. Believe in you for salvation is going to come and, and the work of God is going to be done in their life. See, that's why he gave me the Holy Ghost, yeah, that, that I could be filled with faith. Amen? Let's go to Romans 8 and 1 now. We're talking about walking in the Spirit, and this is why we walk in the Spirit uh, and, and allowing God to work in our life. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but what? After the Spirit. I'm walking after the Spirit. I, I don't walk in guilt and shame. I've not forgot my past. And I've done some stupid stuff. But I don't beat myself up over it. I thank God for the blood. Thank God that was washed away. See, somewhere you've got to receive what God's given you. He's given me grace to overcome that. And I'm receiving the grace of God into my life. See, sometimes we push it away. Don't, don't push it away. Welcome it. Allow it to come and let it cleanse. Let it minister. Let it, let it get you where you've got to be. Uh, isn't it interesting? Once you're born again, the battles that take place between you and the enemy, and the enemy is not people, it, the spirit of the, of the devil that, that works against things. This is interesting to me. 
the Lord dealt with me for a year to sell my house. Three different times he really spoke quite loudly to me. So I said, okay, I'm going to sell the house. We put it on the market. 18 families come through it, and 18 families say, I want it, but not one family put an offer in. I told my wife, we're not going to pray for God to sell it. Let's just start binding spirits. Two days later, it sold. See, because you battle spirits. God's got a plan for your life, and the enemy wants to do everything he can to halt that or discourage you or cause you to turn away from what God has for you to do. That's why when you bump up against things, I just start rebuking spirits because I know it's the enemy. He doesn't want me to witness. He doesn't want me to pray for this person. He doesn't want me to become a friend to this person. And so you have to start buying. See, you can't do that without the Holy Ghost, folks. Come on, you need that authority and that anointing in your life that when you recognize how things are coming at you, this ain't God because God already know you're working. Now, remember, Daniel, uh, the angels came to answer his prayer. He said Satan had hindered him 21 days fighting through to get through to answer that prayer. So you and I just have to understand in this why I got to have the Holy Ghost so the Lord can speak to me and say, you need to bind spirits. The enemy is warring against you, and you need to take authority over him. And so thank God that, that he can speak to us. i got to have that relationship with God. Um, I don't think I would have ever truly lived for God had I not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I, I, I repented of my sins in a Catholic hospital in the chapel. I, I see it plain as day right now in my mind's eye. I remember going out in the McKenzie River, spitting ice and rain and colder and all get out and going down in that river. But I'm going to be honest with you. I said, I hope this works. I was kind of that doubting Thomas guy. I'm just being honest with you. But I'm here to tell you, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, that all went away. See, there was a confirmation that came from heaven to earth. And filled me with his spirit and let me know, young man, I've got your life in control. See what I'm saying? And so for me, and I know it's not just me, but there are others, that, that seals the deal. He's real. He's working in my life. Now remember, God is love. So when God fills me with the Holy Ghost, he's filling me with the love of God. That's why it's so important. See, I came from a broken home and violence and all the craziness of that goofy world. See, and so for me, there's a lot of hate, a lot of bitterness, a lot of hardness. And I had to deal with abandonment and rejection and, and, and my dad leaving and all that. But see, when God took that heart of stone away and put a heart of flesh in me, when he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, because that love of God began to flow. I can honestly tell you there were people I wanted dead. If they died, I'd rejoice. We'd throw a party now, I know none of you are like that, but but I can honestly tell you tonight, there's nobody I want to see lost. There's nobody I want to see dead. I don't have enemies because he's done a work in my life. That's why we got to have the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, I have religion. But filled with the Holy Ghost, I have fellowship with him. He talks to me. I can talk with him. We, we making any sense tonight? Okay, let's go to verse 4 and 5 of chapter 8 also of, of Romans. So we're going to walk in the Spirit. 
couple more verses here. Uh, again, I'm just trying to help you understand the importance of, of this relationship. Now, I do not believe that living for God is hard. Come on, the Bible said the simplicity that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is not, God never meant this to be hard. Now, I can tell you there's times I've made it hard, but it wasn't God. It was flesh. It was carnality. But if I'll yield myself to God, then he will work. Uh, yeah, verses 4 and 5. Romans chapter 8. That the, un, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Notice what Paul is constantly doing. I want to keep you walking in the spirit. I want to keep you walking in the spirit. It becomes important. For they that, uh, that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. So I, I want to walk in the spirit. Now, let me take you to 1 Corinthians 2.14. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Why this is so important uh, in, in helping us. This was revelatory for me. Um, in my young days with my zeal, if I got a chance to witness to you, I gave you uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In one Bible study, about two, three hours of it. I don't do that no more. This is why. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See why i got to have the Holy Ghost? Now, I didn't say I didn't witness. I just didn't try to give them the whole Bible anymore. Because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit will tell you that's enough. But God, I got more. Shut up. You know why? That's all they can handle. That one little line, maybe that one little verse, and they'll go home and think about it. Maybe they'll dream about it. See what I'm saying? And notice, see why the Holy Ghost becomes so important for me and my ministry in learning how to work with people and minister to people that are not spiritual, that, that it's all new to them, and they don't know how? And so I, I can't feed them a whole lot at one time. So it becomes important. Okay, the next one, uh, let's go to John 14, 26. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. Uh, three things are going to happen in this one verse that the Holy Ghost plays a role in my life with. This is why it becomes so important. It's not just one thing. Really, it's my whole life and everything involved in my life that the Holy Ghost wants to be a part of. In my younger days, in my walk with God, uh, I would give God my want list. I've learned today, Lord, what do you want? <laughs> Lord, I'm here to surrender to you. What's your plan for today? What's your will today? See, but I didn't know. And I thought that's what prayer was, this big, long list of I want, I want, I want, I want. But see, I learned because I had a good pastor who taught me, no, you need to have fellowship with God and let him speak to you in what he wants for your life. Okay, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that God can comfort? We all deal with rejection. Welcome to life. Anybody ever witness? <laughs> you know why people don't witness? 
It's not that they're scared. They don't want, they don't want to be rejected. You know, a lot of people couldn't make it in the car sales business because they can't handle the rejection. You know, 20 people coming in, but nobody bought a car. They, a lot of people can't handle that rejection. We ran a drug and alcohol program 20 years. Most drug and alcohol counselors make it five. We went 20. People said, how did you do it for 20 years? Number one, it was the will of God, and God was leading us. Number two, I never focused on who didn't make it. See, a lot of times people focus on the negative. The ones making it kept me busy enough. <laughs> Just helping them and teaching them and ministering to them and seeing them go forward. Uh, to me, it, it's awesome to, today because one of the men that I won, chronic alcoholic, drug addict, life was completely messed up, uh, now pastors my church in Oregon. See, that's what God does. When he fills people with the Holy Ghost, he transforms their lives, man. They're not the same anymore. God does a work. That's why it's exciting to be in the house of God. God's transforming you if you'll let him. He, he's bringing some opportunity into your life. I don't, I don't want opportunity to pass me by tonight. I, I, I want to reach out. This is an opportunity in my life to receive the Holy Ghost. This is an opportunity in my life to allow God to change my life. Opportunity is knocking tonight. Somebody's heart, somebody's door. God is wanting to do something in your life. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. Everybody say he's a teacher. He's going to teach you. Why do I got to have the Holy Ghost? I got a lot to learn. Got a lot to learn. Got to hope you're patient. Because I'm a little slow. Sometimes I don't get it right away. Be patient with me, God. I'll catch on. I'll I'm gonna, it'll work. But see, he's a teacher. He's teaching me, teaching me to wait, teaching me to be patient, teaching me to love, teaching me to be kind, teaching me how to reach out to people, reaching out and how to minister. See, he's teaching, constantly teaching, constantly ministering in the spirit, teaching me how to get in the word, teaching me how to study. I got to have that teacher in my life. Where would I be tonight without that teacher working in my life called the Holy Ghost? Where, uh, what would I know? Where would I be at? But because I've allowed him to teach and to minister in my life, he's taking me places. I can honestly tell you tonight that God has allowed me to do things that have blowed my mind. If you'd have told me when I came to God, I'd be traveling, I'd be teaching at headquarters, I'd be doing all this different stuff like that, I'd have said, you're high. <laughs> but God did it. I, I had no idea that's where life would take me, but it, that door opened up, and, and I've been extremely blessed in, in, my, in my walk with God. Now, you got to remember, I didn't learn to read, start learning to read till the age of 24. So when God takes you in those places, you feel a little out of place sometimes because they all know how to read and write. They all know how to do that stuff. But I knew it was a God moment. And I was going to have to just walk in it and allow him to take me to that place. See, but he's the teacher. That's why I read the Bible for 10 years, wouldn't read anything else. Never read a magazine, never picked up anything else. Just strictly stayed in a King James Version and memorized. Because I still don't know today how to sound out words. I read by memory. 
just how it is. See, when God calls people, it's not about talent and an ability. It's really about availability. When God called me to preach, I said, oh, you're the wrong guy, man. I can't even read and write. I'll teach you because the Holy Ghost is a teacher. I'll teach you. God, I, I, I'll teach you. I, I can't. I'll teach you. See, we use excuses, but the teacher's here tonight. <laughs> and he's asking you, will you let me teach you how to do that? Will you let me work in your life to do that? Notice the next thing he does. Bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. For you that have the Holy Ghost tonight, isn't it mind-blowing when you sometimes start witnessing to people and it just starts rolling? Man, you're quoting verses like, I didn't know I knew that. <laughs> and, and things just start rolling. Why? He's bringing things to your remembrance. His anointing is flowing upon your life in order for you to minister to these people. And revelation is coming and understanding is coming. Isn't it awesome how God works? But see, that's why I need the Holy Ghost in my life. It's not a spare tire. It's not optional. It's the real deal. And so we have to realize uh, God is wanting to work. Uh, Jude 1 and 20. Notice what the Holy Ghost helps me with in prayer. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Notice how he wants me praying. I want you praying in the Holy Ghost. I want you praying in the Spirit. I want you to allow the Spirit of God to flow through you in prayer because I want to talk to you. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to upgird you. I, I want to help you. Isn't it amazing Everything God allows me to go through is for my best interest. Because he sees all. He knows. I, I, you know, I'm going, really, God? Really? I mean, come on. And he's going, no, you need this. To go where I'm trying to send you, to do what I'm asking you to do, this has to be worked out of your life. This, this has to happen here. This peace needs to be put in. Okay, are you, are you willing to let him teach? Are you willing to let him fill tonight? If God wanted to fill you with the Holy Ghost, would you be willing to receive it tonight and allow the Spirit of God just to fill you? Because it's not a spare tire. It's the will of God that you and I be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you may be here tonight, and you have not been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus yet. That's okay. To receive the Holy Ghost, I just encourage you to worship. A few weeks ago, I was praying with an individual to receive the Holy Ghost. I could not get them to stop repenting. So we're going to do something tonight. We're all going to repent together here in just a second. And if you want the Holy Ghost, I just want you to worship him and love him out of your heart. Don't go back to repentance. Uh, I've worked with people 20 minutes, just praying with them, work with them. Stop repenting. He heard you. It's done. The blood's covered it. It's gone. Thank him. Praise him for it. But, but don't keep 
going back to this place. The only reason that you'll keep going back to that place is because you don't believe the blood is strong enough to take it away. For God is big enough. Let me encourage you tonight. He's big enough and he's strong enough and the blood can cover it all. I just need to accept it. If I was handing out $100 bills tonight, would you say, oh, no, that's okay? <laughs> no, you, you're giving them away. I'm getting in line. <laughs> God's trying to give the Holy Ghost tonight. Would you allow him? Let's go to a place of repentance. Just to help me, church. Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, we're so thankful to be here tonight and look into the word of God. And so we pray tonight for your help. Lord, there's things I have said, there's things I have done this week, Lord God, that wasn't Christian at all. And I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me. Lord, there's things I've done. I've treated people wrong or I've been wrong in business dealings, Lord. But I'm, I'm coming to you tonight in the name of Jesus. And I'm asking you tonight, Lord God, to forgive me, Lord. And I'm asking for your help that I don't continue doing this. But that, God, you would fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God. That you would take this heart of stone out, God. That you would put a heart of flesh in, God. One in which the Holy Ghost can work and move and minister tonight, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Lord God, to help us tonight, God. We, we come to you tonight, God. We can't do this in ourselves, Lord God. So we're asking for your touch, your anointing, and your help tonight, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.